0: recording. Fantastic. So this may be a little bit familiar to you. I'm going to read to you something which you probably saw once as a video uh, from Tom Foolery. It was called The Great Realization. It's very beautiful. Uh, it's something I was making the rounds just about a year ago. It was a poem that was kind of an interaction between a father and a son as the son was going to bed and it went like this. So bear with me as I read through this poem. And here you have the boy speaking. Tell me the one about the virus again. Then I'll go to bed. And the father responds, But my boy, you've, you're growing weary. Sleepy thoughts about your head. That one's my favorite, please. I promise just once more. Okay, snuggle down, my boy. But I know you all too well. The story starts before then in a world I once would dwell. It's a world of waste and wonder, of poverty and plenty, back before we understood why hindsight's twenty twenty. You see, the people came up with companies to trade across all lands, but they swelled and got much bigger than we ever could have planned. We always had our wants, but now it got so quick. You could have anything you dreamed of in a day and with a click. We noticed families had stopped talking. That's not to say they never spoke. But the meaning must have melted and the work-life balance broke. And the children's eyes grew square and every toddler had a phone. They filtered out imperfections, but amidst the noise they felt alone. And every day the skies grew thicker till you couldn't see the stars. So we flew in planes to find them, while down below we filled our cars. We drove around all day in circles, we'd forgotten how to run. We swapped the grass for tarmac, shrunk the parks till there were none. We filled the sea with plastic because our waste was never capped. Until each day you went fishing, you'd pull them out already wrapped. And while we drank and smoked and gambled, our leaders taught us why. It's best to not upset the lobbies, more convenient to die. But then in 2020, a new virus came our way. The government reacted and told us all to hide away. But while we were all hidden amidst the fear and all the while, the people dusted off their instincts, they remembered how to smile. They started clapping to say thank you and calling up their mums. And while the car keys gathered dust, they would look forward to their runs. And, while the, and the, with the skies less full of voyagers, the earth began to breathe. And the beaches bore new wildlife that scuttled off into the seas. Some people started dancing, some were singing, some were baking. We'd grown so used to bad news, but some good news was in the making. And so when we found the cure and were allowed to go outside, we all preferred the world we found to the one we'd left behind. Old habits became extinct and they made way for the new. And every simple act of kindness was now given its due. But why did it take so long to bring the people back together? Well, sometimes you've got to get sick, my boy, before you start feeling better. Now lie down and dream of tomorrow and all the things we can do. And who knows if your dream hard enough, maybe some of them will come true. We now call it the Great Realization, and yes, since then there have been many. I think I actually lost the last line. That's the poem, and here's my question. How's that going for us now? That was a year ago, and those were heady times. They were scary times, but they were also times of incredible unity, of incredible hope, of, of people looking out for one another. I remember you know, saying hi to all the people, the strangers walking by our homes, and, and everyone was looking out for one another. And now, I would say, and I hate to say, but it fell apart, big time. You know, we are worse off, I think, than ever. Because sometime, maybe in the summer or so, a divide that existed already grew beyond belief. Whether it was riots, cancel culture to the extreme, the capital resurrection, endless fighting over COVID nationally and locally. So that great realization became the great bust. I don't think... Anything, anything of substance really lasted from that moment. You know, the Rambam, Maimonides, explains that the golden calf, the Chet HaEgel, took place despite Yitzias mitzrayim despite the Jewish people experiencing the great miracles of the Exodus, and despite the revelation at Harsinai, because big things shake us up, but on their own they don't last. On their own they, they, they inspire us, but what comes next is crucial. And if we don't actually do something, then nothing happens. And we remain inspired until that feeling dissipates. You know, yesterday I spoke about the success of the Free Chava movement, and I highlighted a couple of features that made it so successful. There was peer pressure, there was ease, there was identity, there was rewarding ourselves, there was a sense of reward. And I didn't make those ideas up. They come from a book by James Clear, a very popular book called Atomic Habits. And he highlights highlights those features based on a significant amount of research as being essential or at the very least extremely helpful in making real change in our own lives. Right? The great realization was the great bust, but it doesn't have to be. The way that that great realization, because I think all of us had epiphanies during this time. There were perhaps dark times, but there were also times when we all had great realizations. And the way it could change us from just having a realization to changing us, not just being something we realize, but a great change is if we take small steps, using science, behavioral science, to guide us. Again, using the tools that we spoke about yesterday. Tools that were used for the Aguna movement, consciously or not, and tools that we could consciously incorporate into our own lives. Utilizing peer pressure for our benefit, Making our change easy for us. Allowing it to play into our identity or a, a desired identity. And again, rewarding ourselves. So I started a WhatsApp group. I've been uh, linking it to the end of these videos. Um, I know no one here needs any more WhatsApp groups. But I started one so that whoever wants to take part can join and grow together. We can utilize peer pressure. Now, I'm going to, uh, you know, remind everyone that it's a WhatsApp group with the goal of sharing. There's going to be specific prompts and questions asked and opportunities to share, not to overshare. It's not a place to share irrelevant memes. It's not a place to leave voice notes. Heaven forbid, if you leave a voice note, you will be kicked out. If you post more than once today, you will be kicked out. Um, And if you leave a voice note for longer than a minute and a half, I will never speak to you again. But we'll use peer pressure For our benefits, right? We're going to utilize it for our benefits. I created a little form, which I'm going to share in that WhatsApp group, which will help us map out what we want to work on as an individual from things that we realized during this past year, but we haven't really made practical change with, right? This will be a worksheet that will allow us to help ourselves. You know, it's a spiritual time in the Jewish calendar between Pesach and Shavuos. And so I'd encourage you, do whatever you like, but I'd encourage you, to choose something that's a little bit spiritual in nature, whatever that might mean to you. Before I invite you to join the chat and before I share that form with you, I want to add one more tip that James Clear writes about in his book. Two of them, actually. One of them is called stacking. Stacking is a brilliant little technique, which means I stack habits. If I want to, for example, yesterday we spoke about weddings and prenups, right? If I want to ensure that the prenup takes place, someone yesterday on my Facebook feed had a great suggestion. Why not incorporate it into the wedding itself, right? Because then you have people signing the ksuba and immediately afterwards you'll have them signing the Prenup. You just stack the habit. I'm starting the ksuba anyways. Why don't I add the prenup to that? That's called stacking. So if I want to incorporate a certain behavior into my day, so what I would do is I'd say, well, I have a morning coffee. As I have my morning coffee or as soon as I finish my morning coffee, I'm going to do X or Y or Z, right? That's another example of stacking. I connect my desire habit to something I already do. That's called stacking. Okay. Now, in addition to what I'm going to share on this WhatsApp group, which is a worksheet that will help you figure out how you're going to use peer pressure, how you're going to make things easy, um, there's also something else. It's a chart, a chart, like things we give our children, but charts are actually really helpful, extremely helpful. And I'll give you an explanation as to why. There's an individual, you never heard of him. His name is Trent Dersmid. Okay? He was a rookie uh, out of college, r- hired to make sales for some small-time stockbroker company. No expectations whatsoever. But within a few months, he was mourning, earning more than anyone there. Why? How? Simple thing that he did. He had two jars on his table, on his desk. One was filled with paper clips, and the other was empty. His goal was to sell. And therefore, what he would do is he would pick up a paper clip, make a call, finish the call, put the paper clip in the empty jar. And he would not leave his office until he made all 120 calls. Okay? He didn't stop until they were all there. We all love tangible results. And it's especially true when we're chasing spiritual or relationship goals. It's very hard to track. Right? How do you figure out when your relationship with a family member, with a spouse, with a friend is good and very good? Right? These things are very hard to track. And so we need to artificially track it, right? How do we track any spiritual goals? You know, again, I share share this on Shabbat. For me personally, as a rabbi, I, I don't know how I track success. What does it even look like? My wife makes fun of me. My favorite things to do is like mowing the lawn because it was messy and now it's mowed. Or like washing dishes, dirty dishes, clean dishes, right? It's very clear there is a problem and there is something that is solved, right? But spiritual goals typically don't have tangible um, ways of measuring them. And so one simple gimmick, but it's a, a way of helping ourselves, is tracking it, is making a chart and checking things off. There's something very um, cathartic and something very beautiful about tracking it and having that little check as a way of tracking our success. So I'm going to share though, that chart both in our chat as well as on the Facebook page. And this seems. Let's So let's let's just kind of try to pull this together because I know it's been a little bit all over the place, certainly on Shabbos and even now. We spoke about the idea of incremental change, of the idea of not just believing in change but doing something to change it. We saw how that was done on a national level with this movement uh, for Agunos and now I'm talking about how we could make this practical for ourselves. We could change and we need to change, right? We had incredibly large and great realizations. The question is how we could actually implement some of those realizations and desired habits, desired identities into our own persona, we could change, but we have to break things down. We have to use tools that are available to us through the latest behavioral science, and we have to also not be overwhelmed by the notion of change. Change is sometimes scary, okay? The goal is just to change a little bit. My favorite story, uh, again, shared by James Clear, is about the Lakers of 86. Lakers of 86 were dubbed one of the best teams or the best team in NBA history. They had a phenomenal record, but they did not make it to the championships, Okay, and Pat Riley, the legendary coach, decided over the summer to create a new system where he was going to help his team succeed. And what they did was they tracked their stats all the way through college, all the way from college, and they figured exactly where they were right then and how much they've grown. Okay, whatever system they used. And the goal, Pat Riley told his players, was that by the end of the season of '87, they're going to be 1% better. Right? He figured out exactly where they were today, and the goal was 1% better. And as you can imagine, you probably know the end of the story. In 87, they won the championship. The goal is just to be get 1% better. The goal is to take a habit, a small habit, nothing big, nothing humongous, but... To take a small habit and to use this time between Pesach and Shavuos, a time which is designated for personal growth, to develop a new habit. The way a new habit is developed is by doing it time and time and time again until it becomes second nature to us. And then we continue to grow, but it's 1% at a time. Small steps add up, right? A grassroots social media movement is changing the conversation and changing lives in our community as we speak. Rabbi Akiva, one of our great and most inspiring leaders, turned his life around noting how a single drop of water could ultimately break through a a rock. We are walking away from one of the biggest calamities of our lifetime. The world shut down for months, in some places for almost a year. And we're going to look back on this time and ask ourselves, how did it change me? And our children or our grandchildren will turn to us and say, you lived through 2020, how did it change you? You just went back to normal? Like, really? No, no way. No way. We're going to change. And the only way we're going to change, though, is with small steps. Because, like small drops, they add up. They change us, they change society, and they can change the world order. We'll use tools like stacking habits, making it easy, joining a culture of people who are interested in growing. Again, feel free to join our WhatsApp group or find your own group of friends who you could grow with. Reward yourself and track it. Pesach was a moment of inspiration. Shavuos is the culmination of a process. So I invite you to joining me to 50 days of change, of developing a new habit or kicking a bad one. And in that merit, in that merit of that 1% change, In the merit of our small steps, may all the women who are still chained chained in abusive relationships, may they be freed, and may the world at large experience the ultimate redemption. Thank you for joining. I will see you all next week. I will see you all on the WhatsApp group. If you'd like to join, I'm I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. And uh, if you're not on Facebook, feel free to follow up with me. And have a beautiful, beautiful day. See you all later. Take care. Thank you for joining. Yes, Shira?